Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, everybody. This Christmas-themed episode of Luke's English Podcast is sponsored by italki, which is a great service that you can use to find native speakers and English teachers for online conversations and English lessons. It's a great way to build your fluency from the comfort of your own home. And uh, when you make a purchase, italki will send you a voucher worth 100 italki credits, which you can use as a discount. Um, to check out that offer, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash talk or click an italki logo on my website. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello to everyone in the world. It's the festive time of year again. Christmas is just around the corner. It's just about a week away. And obviously, this is an important time in the UK and in many other places in the world. So here is the annual Luke's English Podcast Christmas episode. I've got a lovely fire going here in the background. It's all warm and cosy. You might be able to hear the sounds of the wood burning in the fireplace there. The conditions are perfect. And it's now a bit of a tradition on this podcast to do an episode devoted to the subject of Christmas every year. So that's what you're going to get in this episode. It's going to be a massive Christmas-themed rambling chat with the one and only Amber Minogue. And we're going to talk about many things, including our plans for this year, the things we usually do at Christmas, our memories of childhood and growing up, spending Christmas with kids and whether you should tell children the truth about Father Christmas how it feels to work on Christmas Day, weird Christmas routines in my family, the rules of stupid games we play at Christmas, dodgy dad jokes and Christmas crackers and plenty of other tangents and stories. Um, I wonder what you're doing at this time of year. How do you usually spend the Christmas period? Is it an important time of year in your country, in your family or for you as an individual? It would be interesting to compare your version of Christmas, wherever you are in the world, with the sort of Christmas that we have. So while you listen to us rambling on in this episode, think about the similarities or differences between your Christmases and our Christmases, and perhaps leave a comment on the page for this episode so that you can share how it is for you. This is quite a long episode, but do listen all the way until the end because I have some other little announcements and things to say, which I will tell you after this mega chat with Amber is finished. Um, there's no need for me to say anything more, really, as an introduction, so without any further ado, here is my super festive Christmas mega rambling chat with Amber Minogue, and here we go. <laughs> What are you doing for Christmas? Um, well, I am uh, going back to my parents' place, of course, as the as usual. Um, as usual? Yeah, on with, the 25th. With, with your lady? With the wife, that's with right. With the wife? Yeah, uh, so we're going on the 25th. Christmas is really different in France to England. Do you think so? I do, yes. What's and the difference? What's the main difference? 
Well, so much stuff because, uh, well, the food for a start. Yeah. I mean, food's important always mm. in France, mm. but food, I mean, Christmas is all about food. And I think that's, that's true for most people. But in France, like they have oysters and foie gras and that is Christmas food. And that's definitely not Christmas food in England. Oysters and foie gras. Yeah. What's, what is foie gras for people who don't know? Foie gras is like a duck liver pâté. Basically, they take a duck or loads of ducks and they feed them and feed them and feed them. They force feed them. Yes, exactly. They force feed them. And it sort of gives them liver disease and makes their livers swell up and become enormous. And full of fat. And delicious. Yeah. And <laughs> There will be some people listening to this who, who are animal lovers who find, yes, it, who find it horrific. Well, it's, it's a bit controversial, isn't it? The, the duck liver pate. Not in France, it's not. They don't care. They love it. I mean... It is it is delicious, but I I try not to eat it or any animals really. I I I kind of think eating animals is pretty unnecessary most of the time, not just at Christmas. Don't just eat animals for Christmas anyway. Mm. Um, so they, what was I saying? It's duck liver pate. What is it? Oh yeah, no, so it's controversial in other countries. So like in Britain, there was this advert, uh, this newspaper article not long ago. And in Selfridges, a Knightsbridge, no, Selfridges, which is a big department store in the, in the west of London, mm. and the west of London's big French community, they were selling under the counter, illegally, foie gras. Under the counter? Yeah, which means illegally, yeah. to the French, <laughs> I, I, I realised, I explained that. Yeah, you that. did, you did. <laughs> and so they were selling it illegally to the French customers, because for Christmas, foie gras, really important for them. Yeah. But it was banned in Selfridges, because so many British people think it's cruel and unnecessary the way that the ducks are kept, the geese are kept. So they were selling it under the counter? Yes, for the French clientele. And then the, the guy who was doing it got found out and sacked. He was denounced. Oh, really? All the French people in Knightsbridge were upset. Because they couldn't get their foie gras. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah, it is an essential part of a French Christmas, isn't it, to have foie gras? Foie gras, oysters, champagne. Yeah. And then the big meal is like the 24th. And I think the big meal in Britain is the 25th. Definitely. And then in Britain, rarely we have one extra holiday compared to the French. You know, they don't get Boxing Day. Yes. And Boxing Day is the 26th of December. Mm -hmm. And everything shut in England is just where you recover. You carry on, basically, don't you? You carry on, yeah. So... I guess, what, are we doing the Christmas thing, thing now? Well, it uh, seems like it. it we looks, don't have to. I no, mean, no, we, we can. can. Let's, go, yeah, let's go with Christmas. We can. Um, so, okay, what we have to do then is go from, you know, the start to the finish okay. and cover the thing in 360 degrees, right. I think. Uh, and that means, first of all, how, uh, uh, how do we celebrate Christmas usually in the UK compared to in other places that we know? Mm-hmm. And how, as individuals, are you and I... How do we usually celebrate, we celebrate Christmas? Christmas? Okay. So w- w- let's start with individually what we do. What's, what is your typical Christmas routine? So and we, I guess, when does Christmas begin for you? Well, this is a good question because we are, I am technically Jewish. Technically. Technically. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have escaped an oven, but I mean, apart from, <laughs> I've not, I don't do any sort of special events or anything. We're not, right. we didn't sort of grow up very religiously. Yeah. But we, but Christmas wasn't a big deal either. Like it was fun and we'd get presents. So it, you did do, you used to celebrate Christmas then yeah. in your family? Yes. My dad's not Jewish, but okay. um, so we did celebrate it, but it wasn't like a sort of mega deal because I lived with my mum and my grandmother. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it just, it sort of was nice, but there was no real tradition. Right. But because I'm Jewish and also because I've, I, I'm, I've 
grown up, I've spent Christmas with loads of different people and I've observed every family has its little traditions. Mm. You know, they've all got their little things that they do every single year. Yeah. And and I don't do those. But now that I'm a mum and I have a, a son, I want to do them. I'm creating for the first time my traditions. Right. So I've given it a lot of thought. So you're cre- you've got your own bespoke Christmas that you're designing yourself. Yes, I'm making Christmas from scratch. So wait a minute, you you said that you had you've experienced lots of different Christmases with different people. Yeah, is that because you you kind of have grown up with uh, spending Christmas in different households? Well, my I did spend Christmas with my mum some years and my dad other years, but then when I was about eighteen, I stopped going home. For Christmas. But then people feel terribly sorry for you when you don't have anywhere to go for Christmas. So where were you then at Christmas? Sometimes I was at friends' houses. I'd often go to a friend's house, you know, from university. They'd go home for Christmas and I'd join them for Christmas. Sometimes I had my own Christmas and I invited other people that didn't really care that much about Christmas. um, And they'd come around. And so, yeah, it was different. It was always different. Mm, okay. I spent it on my own. I've had a lonely Christmas. Yeah, I spent a Christmas on my own once. It was a bit sad. Yeah, it's not very nice. <laughs> it wasn't great. I decided not to do that again. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But so you've had lots of different types of Christmas, and now being a mum, you're sort of designing your own Christmas, right? Yeah. So when does Christmas start then for you? Uh, December. Just first of December. Totally. Yes. Okay. It's first uh, of December. Is that at the same time that Christmas? seems to start for the rest of the world i mean uh well the thing is shops get christmasy early because they want to sell stuff mm-hmm. um and then other people i don't know i think there are rules about this but i really i honestly don't know when other people start their christmas like i said it i just don't know shops all start it early but once the sort of streets are decorated and you can buy a tree in a shop mm. Mm. and i mean an advent calendar I mean, this is one of the traditions I'm starting. Advent calendar. Definitely. Yes. That starts on the 1st of December. Yeah. So why not I Christmas? Think, I think it's probably, a f- I don't know, there are no rules about these things, but it, I think if if we base it on the sort of religious stuff, then I think probably the 1st of December is when you can officially start to celebrate Christmas because that's when Advent begins, isn't it? Like the 1st of December, that's when you open the first door on your Advent calendar. Exactly. And I think this is the month, This is that period is called Advent. So there is actually a sort of religious story behind it. But it seems, yeah, the shops want us to do Christmas earlier and earlier. Yeah. And it's always a, a source of great outrage in mm. people that, um, you know, if you see any Christmas-related promotional stuff in the shops in October then it's just too out- soon outrageous it's like, I can't believe there are Christmas decorations up in Tesco's it's only October well, I think England goes wilder yeah yes they've got more free reign in Britain and I think that's because um when you say free reign they can, they can just do whatever they like right they're crazy there's a, there's this much greater emphasis I think globally in the UK compared to France on consumerism Mm. like I think Mm. in the UK you know if you don't have any money your bank says to you would you like an overdraft you know there's this access to um, borrowing and spending and people really encourage you to spend and I think people don't do that as much in France yeah and so there's this sort of great sort of feeling of consumerism so Christmas is very much about like Christmas carols and Tesco's really early but there's also like in France you can't have sales whenever you want you know things can't be reduced 
in December, the sales start on the second week of January, the second Wednesday of January, and that's by law. Whereas in England, things are already on sale like pre-Christmas, and then you've got that Black Friday, which is mm -hmm. an American tradition. So there's this sort of like, ah, oh, we're going to buy everything. Crazy consumerism out of control. Yeah. yeah, and I think in France it's still pretty consumery, mm -hmm. but it's a bit more restrained. Yeah, I guess they've yeah they've just have more regulations in place, which mean that uh, capitalism is slightly more under control, mm. let's say, than it is in the UK, where it's like you know that we've pushed it further with a free market economy and yeah consumerism rules it seems um yeah definitely and just in people's daily attitude i think in france generally people are more likely to buy one nice thing and have it longer whereas mm. i think in Brit i mean it might be changing but like in britain shops like primark which are really really cheap you know they talk about disposable fashion you know they'll buy something for a few quid like a couple of pounds wear it once and throw it away and i, I feel there's yeah. less of that in france right right yes i think Maybe. so i think so okay so so despite the fact that some of the shops start trying to make it christmasy in october or november I guess Christmas really begins in December when you do things like open an, uh, your first window on the advent calendar exactly. or when you see the Christmas decorations in the street or when you see Christmas trees on sale and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Exactly. And advent. So this is one of my traditions. I'm making an advent calendar because I don't, you know, I, I think the environment's important. You shouldn't just yeah. buy things and throw them away. So yeah. we're making like our own like advent calendar. And it's, it, it's, which you can use year in, year out. Like it's in material. So it's like a big house with little windows, really? little pockets. Yeah. And what's it made of? Well, I'm making it at the moment because I saw one and I was like, this is a great idea. Just material. And then so each little door, it's not a door, it's like a little pocket. Okay. And you can put a little chocolate or a little present inside. So it's made of like uh, linen or something? Yes. Material. When you say material, you mean like fabric? Fabric, yeah. yeah. So it's cotton or linen. Mm. And they're like these pockets for every every day of the, the, the advent period from the 1st to the 25th. Exactly. Okay. And what, sorry, what do you put in the pockets? You can put, well, different people put different things. You can put a little chocolate or a little treat or you can put a little present in it. Mm -hmm. So every day you get a little something. Okay. All right. And we are on the 12th day now, aren't we? Is it the 12th yes, today? Yes. I think it is. Okay, so every day does uh, Hugo pull something out of one well, of the pockets? we have just a normal advent calendar at the moment. Okay. I'm building up the tradition. Right. So I'm making decisions about them. Yes. Yeah. So next year, the, the homemade advent calendar is going to be... Um, in full swing. In full swing. Okay. Yep. All right, then. Have you done... Have you managed to get your Christmas shopping done yet? Um, well, I mean, for Hugo, yes. Because that's easy. Yeah. Because uh, we just, I like shopping for him. And I don't really buy for many people. But no, no, I haven't. Okay. Just Hugo. <laughs> All right. Do you do Father Christmas with Hugo? Good question. We went back and forth on this, you know, back and forth, back and forth. In the beginning, I was like, you shouldn't lie to children. Mm. You should tell them the truth. Because Christmas is still magical, whether it's a man up a tree up a tree down a chimney, <laughs> down a chimney there's yeah. a man up a tree that's just weird he's stuck what's that man what, doing in a tree Santa doing in a tree he's drunk again um, no but I thought in the beginning no don't lie to them because it's still sort of magical even if it's not uh, a person and then Nick was like no 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 we should definitely have Father Christmas so I had a debate with my students who are nine yes. and ten and I said should we tell children the truth or lie to them. So wait, they're nine or ten, and you, I imagine you did you check in advance that they were all 
up to date with the with the fact at that it wasn't true? Well, at nine and ten, they know. Besides, next year they're going to go to big school. It'd be pretty embarrassing if they thought Father Christmas was still around. Did did your parents do Father Christmas with you? Yes, they did. And do you remember when you discovered that that it was just a uh, a, 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 a conspiracy? <laughs> I, um, more or less, yes, yes. No, I do. When? Um, well, I already had my doubts when I was very young. So I remember noticing a sort of gift, and then I got it for Christmas, and I, I th- thought, yeah. I thought that's weird. I think you're very shrewd. I think even as a five-year-old, I imagine like a five-year-old Amber, like, wait a minute, this doesn't seem to add up. Yeah, but it was sort of like uh, completely fell apart. I think when I was about, I must have been seven. Yeah. I'd already had my doubts for a while, but then I, I managed to stay awake and I, I saw my I saw my dad. Oh, you, you, you intentionally kept yourself awake in order to observe. <laughs> yeah. To see with your own eyes. Yeah, I saw. What? I witnessed. I witnessed. And you saw your dad, did you? I saw him take the stocking. And he wasn't dressed as Santa, I suppose. He wasn't. He does have a beard, but uh-huh. that's as far as it goes. You saw him come in and take the stocking. Yeah. And then that was it. That was enough evidence. Oh, yeah. Was it? They were like, oh, well, this is obviously bullshit. <laughs> Precisely. It's over. <laughs> it's all over for me. Santa's dead to me now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think I had a similar experience where I think the thing was that, you know, I've got an older brother. Oh, uh, yeah, I that's think tricky. He clocked before I did. And so I grew up in this atmosphere of like, you know, well, we better leave a mince pie for Santa, wink, wink. Yeah. And I'm like, why are they being all ironic and weird? <laughs> you know, yeah. so I don't think I ever really thought that it was true. I always got well, this sense that it was just a joke. If you could grasp irony at an early age. I don't think I grasped <laughs> irony. I just felt like there was this weird other level of like, why did they, why is everyone so weird when they talk about Father Christmas? Yeah. You know, I remember leaving a carrot for, for Rudolph the reindeer yeah. and leaving a glass of sherry for uh father christmas and and this weird sort of atmosphere of my parents being like oh don't forget about father christmas you know like why are you talking like that but it is weird i think people feel uncomfortable lying to their children but then you don't want to sort of ruin it and then when i spoke to the children they did say so some of them said oh no you shouldn't lie and then when we sort of got down to talking about it they said oh no no you should like it's a great thing like we like father christmas and it's and so they gave me the sort of green card or the go-ahead your kids did the kids that i teach yeah yeah, yeah the, the school kids so they taught they they convinced you that it was a, a magical wonderful thing to lie to your to your son yeah. yeah they said go for it okay and so now you go you you chose to go for it i think we're going to go for it but this is part of my plan as well i'm trying to think it all out and this is James gave me this idea. Mm-hmm. Maybe everyone does it. I don't know. But you have two, you have stockings. They don't do this in France, you know, stockings no. at the end of the bed. No, no, they don't. Um, but in England, you have a stocking at the end of your bed and trees and presents under the tree. Yeah. So the stocking presents are sort of smaller presents, but they yeah. are the presents from Santa. So you put yeah. your stocking at the end of the bed, it's empty and you wake up and it's Full. Those presents are from Santa, but the presents under the tree are from friends and family. Right. Yeah, that's so what my parents say, did. Yeah, so you can say thank you and you don't need to be ungrateful. Yes. Like, oh, just Santa did it. And it's, you know, the real valuable presents that, yeah. that the kids are really looking forward to come from mum and dad and the other members of the family. Exactly. But, but, you know, there's like this fun routine of like the excitement that the kids can get on. Uh, there's a sort of magic trick, which they have to 
suspend their disbelief a little bit. Mm. You know, I think that's the thing that kids they know something's up. They they don't really think that Santa's coming down the chimney. I think maybe they do the, maybe in the beginning. They, do they really at the beginning? Yeah. Okay. But then there's I guess But then everything yeah. is magical for them. I mean like Hugo's too and like like we're dinosaurs and wolves and like um, mm. lions, you know, everything is possible. So it's not, it doesn't matter in a way because Santa is just another one of his many crazed fantasies. <laughs> <laughs> it's as plausible as anything else. Yeah. Okay. To get him out the bath the other day, I like put um, a headlight on, like sort of one of those torches that you attach to your head. Yeah. And then I put a towel over my head and I was like the towel monster because he wouldn't get out the bath. So I scared him with the towel monster yeah. and Nico rescued him. Oh, I see. He knew it was me, right. but he was genuinely scared. He was like, no, no. Not the towel monster, no. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then Nico came in and like, rescued don't worry, him. Hugo, I'm here to rescue you. And he pulled him out of the bath. Exactly. Okay. Jobs are good and Jobs are good and Okay. Yeah, I see. Do you still get a stocking? That was my question. Um, uh, to be honest, yes. 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 Yeah, because these days, obviously, you know, I live abroad and live away from home and I'm all grown up pretty much. Uh, but even now when we go back, my dad is like a, my dad's like a little kid these days when we all go back to the family house and he's all excited and he's, you know, they, they still like to arrange little special things. Like they, they often will have stockings well, for I think us. This is, I think that's what's really nice because the, the sort of magic of the stocking, um, it never goes. And everyone I've spoken to, most of my friends, when they go home, they still have a stocking mm. and it's, you know, it's just because it's, it's sweet and it's nice and it's fun. And like you start your day, you know, it's a special time and it's, and what's special is not the, the presence, but the sort of being with the people you love and your, your family and your friends and, you know, your extended family, like your wife is joining you this time. And what would be sweet is if she has a stocking, which of course she must have if she's part of the oh, yeah. fun. Oh yes. Yes. But it's brilliant because French people, they don't get stockings. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a pity that I think the stockings are great. Best bit. Because, I mean, I remember being a kid waking up and the first thing you see is like the stocking and it's full of stuff. And yeah. You're like, oh my God. It is like a magic trick. Tangerines. Yeah. Tan yeah. <laughs> but the stuff is usually kind of stupid stuff in the stocking. You know, you get these yeah. crappy plastic toys. There's a tangerine, like an, an orange or an apple or something. Uh, there is usually, yeah, just little bits of plasticky, stupid, kind of uh, cheap stuff. Um, and then the real presents are under the tree and you know who they're from. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So you're doing Father Christmas. Yeah. Um, and um, how, how are you going to deal with the moment when um, Hugo works out that it's, it's just you and Nico? That there's no Father Christmas? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm going to have to cross that bridge when I come to it. Yeah. Okay. Just sort of like ease, him, ease, ease the truth in slowly. Yeah. He'll be like, what about, tell me the truth about Father Christmas. And he'd be like, you'd be like, you can't handle the truth. I don't know. Maybe kids are so sophisticated these days. They'll just Google it. Right. It's probably. He'll probably Google it at three, yes. you know, at four and just be like, no, does Santa exit? No. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, right. So Christmas shopping done. Father Christmas talked about. Have um, you done your Christmas shopping? Some of it. Not yeah. all of it. Um, a lot, do a lot of it on the internet these days. Much better. With Amazon. Um, did you read about the Amazon, Amazombies? No. That was in the Daily Mail. Amazombies? <laughs> yeah. Have you been reading the Daily Mail? 
<laughs> yes. Oh, Amber. I sometimes, from time to time. Well, it's it's hard to avoid it. It's true. It's one of those websites that you just end up on. Accidentally. Like, oh God, how did I end up on the Daily Mail's website? So, what about what are Amazombies? Amazombies are um. Basically, the Christmas staff, the workers, they get timed toilet breaks and they, they, they're camping like in the Amazon grounds. You know, they can't even... Aff- well, they're sort of sleeping outside the work, the, yeah. the, 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 the factory. Or- yeah, they're just slaves. They're slaving away. <laughs> they are the real elves. <laughs> I see. <laughs> Ah uh, yes. Yeah. So I've do- yes I've done a lot of shopping, uh, but not uh, not all of it. Um, Got to get gifts for everybody. And since we are flying back to England on the twenty fifth, um, you know, them we're, there. We're, well that would be good. But yeah, we're going to have to like pack our bags and pack the gifts in the bags and stuff. It's always a bit complicated. Get them like, delivered flying. straight there. Yeah, should do, should do. We we kind of bought a load of gifts. I'm not going to talk about it because my mum might be listening to this. Okay. So I better not uh, reveal the presents that we bought. But yeah, we've already got a lot of them, but okay. not all of them. Um, and uh, so what are you doing this year? Uh, do, you, do you do things on the 24th, the 25th or the 26th? Well, I would, I, for me, Christmas is just the 25th mm-hmm. and the 26th. Right. In, because Nico is French, we will we'll have like dinner. We'll do something nice on the 24th. But normally in England... The 24th is a big party. Yeah. Normally in England, the 24th, you go to the pub yeah. and you meet you like your mates or whatever. And All you the just... people from your neighbourhood that you grew up with. Yeah. Because a lot of people have gone to university. Because the thing is, you've left, you left home at 18, more or uh-huh. less, gone away to university or live your life. And then for Christmas, everyone would go back. It started, I think, in university. You'd go back for Christmas during the holidays. Mm. So you'd meet all your friends at the pub on the 24th. Yeah. And then it's the same, you know, you sort of go back to where you grew up and then you meet all those same people at the same pub. Right. Because in the UK, we we go, when you go to university, you leave home and you move to a new city, usually. Definitely. Did yeah. you move to a different city? Yeah. Where did you go? Brighton. I went to University of Sussex. Very cool, because Brighton is awesome. Really, really nice. And yeah. I and I mean, a lot, I mean, because I was living in London, last place, I didn't apply to any London university. Really? You wanted to get out of London? Definitely. I wanted to move out of home. Which part of London did you grow up in? Northwest. Okay. Yeah. Sort of. It would have been a massive commute anyway, because London's so big. Which part of Northwest? The very, very end of the Northern Line. Oh, like Harrow. Edgware. Yeah. Harrow. Harrow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a nice part of town. Quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. But so when you applied for university, you were were like, I'm getting out of Dodge. I'm going to get out of London. Definitely. And and Brighton. You didn't travel very far. Far enough. You can't commute. Well... You can now. I think people do. Yeah. Um, it's about one hour now on the train to Brighton from Not London. even. I think it's less. Really? Yeah. Okay. So you moved to Brighton. Yeah. All right. So university there. And then, yeah. So the the thing was that everyone moves away to different cities. And as you said, at Christmas, we come back probably on the 23rd or 24th or something. Mm. And then, yeah, in the pub uh, with all your old mates that you went to school with. So that's the 24th. It's like in the pub and drinking a lot. Loads. Uh, yeah. So just really get- drinking time. The 24th <laughs> is just alcohol. Right. Just beer and beer and wine and all that stuff. And then invariably, because the pub is so crowded, it's like mm. incredibly packed and it's probably cold outside and it's all warm on the inside. And there's all the, the decorations and Christmas lights in, on the inside of the pub. And usually there there comes a point where it's about half past 10 or something and you're quite drunk. And then the Christmas songs come on the stereo oh, yeah. and you hear, you know, do uh, what is it like? 
all the classic Christmas tracks like Slade, uh, Merry Christmas Everyone yeah. and Wizard, uh, I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day. And everyone starts singing, don't they? Yes. You know, and you, you've got like loads of those classic Christmas songs. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a special time because everyone's there for the same reason and you probably know a lot of people and there's this sort of nice feeling, mm. you know, where everyone can talk to everyone, which is not normally like that. So, yeah, so everyone starts singing, everyone's quite drunk, everyone's very happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a sort of pretty nice atmosphere going on. And then uh, 25th, uh, wake up in the morning with a hangover. Hangover. Mm. Um, but of course, because it's Christmas Day, you can start drinking immediately. Immediately, <laughs> you can have, you can have uh, a drink with breakfast. You normally would have a cup of tea, but then by eleven o'clock, and you've probably not got up long before that, you can have a drink. Yeah, and the, what's the typical drink that you would have at, the, at your late breakfast brunch? Well, people could have a Bloody Mary or a mimosa, you know, like a champagne and orange juice, or you could get straight onto the gin and tonic. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? Oh, gin and tonic can go... Depends where you are. In my house, it's uh, Prosecco. Oh. Uh, on Keeping it bubbly. Yeah, that's that right. That is a real n- traditional Prosecco, Carver, Champagne, anything bubbly. Because in, in England, unlike in France, um, it's it's quite rare to drink proper champagne. Yeah. And because it's a lot more expensive and it's harder to get. And we have, like, you know, Italian Prosecco and Carva, which is... I don't Spanish. know where Spanish. It's like the Spanish equivalent. Prosecco is like the Italian equivalent of, of champagne. I'm sure that there's someone out there with technical knowledge about champagne. That champagne only you can only champagne co- only comes from Champagne, the region. Right. It's an actu- champagne is actually a part of France, and you can only call it champagne it's, if it's actually from that specific region. Exactly. So even if it's exactly the same grapes or production methods, which it can be mm-hmm. really. Um, it can't be champagne, right? Okay. So it's and that's why cheaper fizz is often delicious just, and just, just as, as good. Just yeah. as good. Why yeah. spend? A, but in France, it's different because the champagne you get two for one. Like this is the only offer. Like in England, everything's you know the bog offs. Buy one get one free. Yeah. Um, but France, they don't do that. It's all the consumerism, but they do do it for champagne. You okay. can buy a bottle of champagne, get another one, and it's a much cheaper than it is in England yeah. anyway. And it's good. Yeah, it's, it's nice, but I mean, if it, it's, it's practically the same price as Prosecco and Carver right, here. Right, so here it would be champagne, but uh, back home in the UK, for us, it's Carver or it's Prosecco uh, in the morning with, with maybe some orange juice mixed in. Yeah. And not everyone does, you know, like, you know, not everyone in the family is boozing it up, but you can if you want to. Yeah. And usually my dad will be in charge of doing the breakfast on the on, in the morning of the, the 25th. That is usual. It's yeah. normally the dad's job. I've observed this. Mm-hmm. Dad does breakfast breakfast yeah. because immediately breakfast finished mum's doing lunch right yeah yeah exactly because the, the unfortunately for the for the mums usually they have to slave away in the kitchen not just on the on the 25th but sometimes before as well preparing various things which then are laid on the table yeah. um and um so yeah my dad does like eggs and a fry up and bacon and salmon as smoked salmon mm. as well sometimes and we have that and yeah and then it's it's time to prepare the whole kitchen for the big christmas meal and weirdly in my family that christmas meal the turkey and all the other trimmings that seems to arrive at this really bizarre hour of like no man's land in the middle of the afternoon about 3 
three, four, four thirty, something like it's that. Quite late. Yeah, it's like really late and really early as well at the same time. It's like a very late lunch and a very early dinner. Well, but that makes sense because you have a sort of late breakfast and then you have like a late lunch. It depends. Some families are more timely, but then a late lunch mm. and then you sort of have leftovers for dinner we tend to just have two meals on christmas day there's this late breakfast and then this weird late lunch early dinner thing but you might do like a mini little supper you know late usually that happens at about nine thirty, ten, yeah. when my dad announces that he's going to start picking away at the turkey which is still in the kitchen yeah and he emerges from the kitchen with a plate with lots of turkey and other bits and pieces and loads of english mustard on it yes and a fresh glass of red wine. And that's usually announces that, oh, we can now, you know, oh, I do feel a bit peckish. Yeah. You know, and then you sort of chow down on some bits of the leftover turkey. But you're missing various steps here, Luke. Yes, I am. Because, I mean, Christmas, because, well, in France already, like Christmas Eve, none of that drinking. When I first moved here, I was working in a bar and uh, we were shut on Christmas Eve and I could not believe it. And I said to the guy that ran it, it was English. And I was like, what are we doing shutting on Christmas Eve? This is in France. In France, yeah. And he said, well, you know, no one will come out. And I just was like, what? That's not possible. It's the biggest boozing day of the year. <laughs> uh, he said, not in France. And it's true. I mean, if, if people are religious and they are, some of them are. Uh, they go to church. They have and they have like a big family meal. Mm. It's their big event. Mm. And, uh, and maybe mm. other countries, like Catholic countries, because Britain obviously is not Catholic. Anglican. Exactly. Officially. So, so maybe it's a sort of like Anglican Catholic thing, whether the twenty fourth is a big deal or not. Well, I mean, in my experience, and I, I grew up in an Anglican household. So until about the age of ten, we went to church. On the 24th? No. You didn't do a no, midnight I mean, mass? I mean, or... just, you know, Sundays, we would go to church until until I was about nine or ten years old, and then it just stopped happening. Yeah. I think, I think, <laughs> I think, I think my mum and dad basically worked it out. They were like, actually, no, this is... They, they, anyway, so yeah. we stopped going to church. Okay. Um, but I remember when I was, you know, a pretty small child, going to church on Christmas Eve, so some people in the UK who are churchgoers will go to church for midnight mass on the 24th. Um, and I also remember going to the pub and getting drunk and then and going, then to, going midnight to midnight mass. Yeah, lots of people do that. Because there's like, you know, one of my friends is like, let's go to church. And then you end up in church singing. And it's quite nice. And you're a bit drunk and it's quite fun. Yeah. It's quite a fun way to... Or you're walking home from the pub and you see people going into the church you're like come on let's go in the church and then you mm. go in and sometimes they're serving mulled wine in the church which is like this sort of sweet heated up you know hot wine yeah so it's a, a place to get some nice wine and you can sing songs in there uh, but no we don't go to church anymore but um some people do all right and it, but in france people stay at home or they go to church they don't go out boozing Definitely not. I mean, okay. they might go to church late, but they'll have like a big family meal on the 24th. I, be- I even believe they open presents <gasps> on the 24th. Really? I think so. Okay. All right. In Japan, um, Christmas is not a family thing, really. New Year's Eve is the family uh, celebration in Japan. Mm. And Christmas Eve is when you, you, you spend time with your friends or your girlfriend or boyfriend. Interesting. It's a kind of a romantic evening in with your partner Christmas mm. Christmas okay. Eve um, I worked on Christmas Day when I was living in Japan yeah that wasn't very that fun that feels weird it wasn't right I once flew I took a flight on Christmas Day felt weird I felt 
like my human rights had been inf- yeah. infringed in a big way. So I've worked on Christmas Day as well, actually. Mm. Horrible. Oh, it's not nice. Oh, no. What I've, were you doing? I was teaching English. What? Yeah, I was there teaching classes. On Christmas Day? Bitterly teaching. Like, oh, I suppose I've got to teach you some words then. <sighs> How about this one? Bah, How about bah humbug? Bah humbug. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> that doesn't seem right. It didn't feel right either. And that evening... I went back to my apartment on my own mm. and I spent Christmas day evening on my own. Why were you so lonely? What happened at this Christmas? Because no one else was doing anything. The night before Christmas Eve, uh, I went out with my work colleagues and we went for drinks and stuff like that. But Christmas Day, just I had no plans. So I just was at home on my own. I, I worked until about 9.30pm. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is outrageous. Some of the shifts that I did at the school where I worked were late shifts. You'd finish. I think it was just like, you know, it was a Wednesday or something, you know? Mm. So it wasn't a special day. So I remember have, having a very miserable time sitting on my own in my flat. Yeah. You know, I opened a card that I'd got from oh. home or something. <laughs> yes. Um, but New Year's Eve, amazing time in Japan. That's brilliant fun. Good. Um, yes. So. So we missed out steps because first of all, we need to establish what do we eat in England? Like mm-hmm. what is a traditional meal? Yeah that we eat in England. And, and then and there's the presents. Right. When do you open the presents? Good question. In, for, for us, either, there's either you open presents before you, you eat the big meal or after you eat the big meal, you see. And uh, there's always, on Christmas Day, that question is always uh, sort of presented to, to everyone in the house. Do you want to eat do you want to have the presents before or after? And there's everyone like, mm, you need a let's system. have them before, let's have them before. So the question is always asked. And the answer is always that we will open the presents before we eat. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't even know why my mum bothers to ask the question. Well, that's why you need a system. You can't just have this. No, watch this. One of my friends who I spent Christmas with, her system was mm-hmm. this and it was very good. Yeah. Stockings, instantly ripped open, obviously. Yeah. Breakfast, Champagne, you know, if you want, optional. Mm-hmm. One tree present with breakfast. One. One tree present early yeah, with breakfast. Yeah, one tree present with breakfast. Everyone gets to open one present you with say, breakfast. You say tree present because the presents are kept under the under tree. Under the tree. Like yeah. one of the real presents, right? Right. One tree present. Then, um, is it then that we go out for... Well, then it's just general hanging around or whatever. Let me see if I've got this right. Then there was lunch. Yeah. Go out for a walk. Take the dogs for a walk. Sort of walk off the the the, the lunch a little bit. Yeah, go out. Go, and you can't have lunch too late because otherwise it'd be dark. But lunch. Mm-hmm. Take the dogs for a walk. Um, come home, and that's when the presents were. Okay. After lunch, after the walk. Sort of early evening time. Well, I think they had lunch quite early. I think perhaps it was yeah. Oh, okay. So you're talking about late afternoon, sort of three or four p.m. Yeah, something like that. Which is normally where you'd be playing Monopoly or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For us, it's yeah. We've dealt with the late breakfast, um, which kind of ends at about half past eleven or twelve, and then there's a bit of farting around. Yeah, probably last minute pack, uh, last minute wrapping of presents. Definitely, uh, especially um, for me and my brother because we're disorganised. Mm-hmm. And then um, just general sort of helping out in the kitchen going yes. on. Yeah, um, you know, peeling of vegetables and you know all that kind of stuff. Generally helping out preparing the the, the food. Uh, different relatives usually would arrive around about lunchtime, 12, 12 o'clock, one o'clock. 
but we're still preparing all the food. Alcohol would more alcohol is served. Snacks are eaten, crisps and nuts and things like that. Mm-hmm. People then end up congregating either in the kitchen or in the living room. And then the question is raised, do you want to eat do you want to open the presents um, before dinner or after dinner and it's obviously before. Yeah. So then after we sat around and drank for a little bit, someone goes, "So, should we we better start opening these presents then, I suppose?" That's usually the way it's put mm-hmm. well, we better aren't we better start opening these presents then and do you take it in turns well yeah so it's usually my job and my brother's job to distribute the presents okay so that's from you know when we were kids that we were desperate to you know get into the presents and, yeah exactly <laughs> handle all the presents so we st- it's still we're still expected to do it I, qu- I would quite happily just sit in a chair now and just you know drink but beer you're expected to but handle I'm like the gifts. oh all right I'll do it and so I have to get up and distribute the presents and you've got to try to keep the pace going because yeah. usually there's quite a lot of presents like a massive pile of gifts right my mum has by far the most presents really yeah yeah, yeah. Because a lot of them are presents from her friends that get added to the pile. Okay. My dad usually buys her tons of presents, which is really? very sweet. Yeah. That's very nice. He's probably making up for a, a, a lack of attention during the Throughout year. Throughout the year, yep. Um, and so my mum's always got way more gifts than everyone else. And the job of the present distributor, which is me or my brother, would be to try and distribute them evenly so everyone mm. gets a present in turn while also keeping the pace up. And it's rude to open presents at the same time as someone else. Yeah. You've got to try and observe the opening of, of every single present. And, and react. And Ooh. reactions, exactly. Ooh, oh, wow. You know, that kind of thing. The, usually there's like um, this, this long-running joke, which is where someone is given a gift and it's wrapped and other people speculate about what's inside the gift. So, for example, if it's obviously a bottle of wine, so people will be like, oh, I wonder what that is. Mm-hmm. And people will be going, oh, I think it's a football mm-hmm. or I think it's an LP record. You know, Hilarious. it's, you know, the usual dad, yeah. dad jokes. Yeah. Um, and <gasps> yes. Yes. Okay. No, it just made me think about dad jokes just yeah. then. Um, yeah. Because another thing they don't do in France is the crackers. Right. Well, that's that happened. Crackers happen uh, at the dinner table, don't yes, they? Yes, but, um, but there's always a dad joke in them. Always, mm. always. Um, so, yes, that's the present giving and it lasts for quite a while probably about an hour and mm. my mum always has more than everyone else and then you end up with your little pile of presents and there's like that slight sense of sort of sadness and melancholy yeah. when all the presents are gone there's that feeling of like just a little hint of sadness in the air yeah where you realize that all the presents have gone and that's that's it you know that's it for another year yeah all the magic disappeared yeah and that's when you start on the gin. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then the food is 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 served and and uh, we all gather around the table and yes there are christmas crackers laid on the table. Um and um and most of the work is done by my mum but we all help out too by laying the table and and setting the table and all that stuff. So yes there are christmas crackers around the table. What are christmas crackers then? Christmas crackers are traditional in England not in France they don't have them and it used no. to be impossible to buy them. I'd have to go back to England to get some. They're like cardboard they're like a little cardboard tube and on either side um is a sort of little bit that you can hold on to i'm not explaining this very well no it's quite it's almost like someone's wrapped up a toilet roll yeah and in the middle there's a inside the roll is like a little paper crown a joke and often a little toy 
yeah. or a gift. Yeah. And there's a device in there. So the idea is that you pull it with someone else and it goes crack, like yeah. pops. And one person gets the bigger bit and they win. That's right. It's, I think the long cardboard tube analogy is quite good. Like, you know, when you finished a kitchen roll and there's a cardboard tube, but it's it's glittery Christmas card. So it's, yeah. it's all shiny and, and nice. And yeah. it's as if two small ribbons have been tied around the uh, around the ends. So there there's like a bit, a section in the middle that's sort of closed off. Mm. And you would sort of offer it to the person next to you and you hold on to one end and you're, the, the other person holds on to the other end and you both pull at the same time. And one of the bits is going to break off. Exactly. And so, the one, as you said, the one who gets the middle section keeps it and they open it and they, and they reveal... But the idea is that by the end... So you do this before you start lunch, like the main meal. Mm-hmm. Everyone should have a cracker, which they crack with the person next to them. But everyone should win... Even if, you know, you lose twice, yeah. you get to keep it. You That's know, right. It's just distributed because it's shit. And then you all read out the, <laughs> I mean, you don't want it. And then you all read out the joke and have a laugh. Sometimes there's a game in there. Mm-hmm. But then you have to wear the paper crown yeah. while you're eating your Christmas meal. This kind of flimsy uh, <laughs> paper hat either they're yellow or green or red or blue or whatever and they're made of really crap sort of uh how do would you describe it crepe paper yeah i was i'm looking for christmas cracker jokes oh maybe just one just so that people get the idea of the the value well i've got i've got one go on um what do you call a cake which hides amongst the other cakes Watching them. What do you call a cake which hides amongst the other cakes watching them? Yeah. Um, I don't know. A mince spy. <laughs> That's from our play, me and James. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> See, to understand that joke, you have to know what a mince pie is. Because a mince pie is a traditional kind of pie that people eat at Christmas. We do have some mince pies in the flat somewhere. So that's another tradition. Yeah, so mince pies are like small... They're small. You can shove one into your mouth in one go, probably. You shouldn't, but you can. <laughs> and, and they're covered in sugar and they're sweet. And they, they contain basically sort of like uh, raisins and sugar and maybe bits of nut. And uh, yep. it's like, you know, it's brandy. It's, so it's, it's a bit like a thick kind of jammy, raisiny. Yeah. It's delicious. It's a thick, uh, rich, sweet uh, kind of fruity jam stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's dark brown and it's very sweet and really tasty. And, and spicy. I mean, like, a sort bit of. Spicy, yeah. Yeah, a bit spicy. We'll, we'll have things like cinnamon. Right, it? right, exactly. And that's called a mince pie. And your joke was what do you call a pie that hides. Well, a cake that hides. A and cake watches. that hides amongst other cakes and watches them. A mince spie. Yeah. I mean, okay, that's very good. So the whole point of Christmas cracker jokes is that they're rubbish. You yeah. know, they're always absolutely awful. Like, for example, what do you get if you cross Santa with a duck? What do you get if you cross, if you mix Santa with a duck? Oh, and the answer is a Christmas quacker. Oh, yes, of course. Qu- quack, quack, quack. That's what a duck does. A Christmas quacker. Yeah. 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 Okay. What? How did Scrooge win the football game? How did Scrooge win the football game? I don't know. The ghost of the ghost of Christmas passed. Oh. 
because obviously to pass is a, a, a move in a football match. But then match. you need to know, because this brings us often to, sorry to interrupt, That's another right. tradition. It's full of traditions, and I'm sure everyone's is, but I think Britain is also, as well as the food and the Christmas crackers and the which order you open the presents, a big part is television. Right. Um, what are the big Christmas television events? Well, I mean, well, there's the Queen's Speech, obviously. Yes. The, Queen's, the Queen's Speech. Queen's speech. That's when the Queen eats a peach. Thank yeah. you. Carry on. <laughs> uh, the Queen's Speech. So the Queen comes on television and gives a speech. Everyone watches that. Mm-hmm. There's lots of reruns, you know, uh, of old movies, like Christmassy movies, or just rubbishy Christmas television and i don't know necessarily that other people watch as much television but that joke just there is charles dickens scrooge Scrooge, um which either the disney version or the more grown-up version will definitely be shown the muppets yeah it's the muppets christmas carol with michael caine yes that's the best version of of uh, the christmas a christmas carol or maybe there's an old black and white version as well i did the, uh, a christmas carol on this podcast last year oh so they know people know so what it is if long-term listeners will know the story because i did the whole thing last year okay well it's a great story it is it's a fantastic story isn't it about how this miserable old man sort of learns that he's a miserable old man yeah. and, and that he l- understands the spirit of Christmas and he becomes all nice mm. afterwards. It's, it's a nice heartwarming story, really. Yeah. It's quite scary as well in, in places. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yes, there are television events. Like uh, in the middle of the afternoon, the Queen comes on the yeah. TV and does the speech, Yeah, mm-hmm. as you said. And Doctor Who, there's usually a Doctor Who special. Doctor uh, Who, there'll be some sort of like celebrities doing something, yeah. you know, sort of maybe a bit B-list or just sort of television celebrities. Right. Because Britain, Britain loves celebrities yes. and TV. Yeah, we do, and don't Christmas. we? Christmas. Yeah. Put them all together. Pantomimes. Pantomime. That's a big Christmas tradition. These pantomimes, I was explaining this to my students today. It took about half an hour for them to get the concept of a pantomime. Because really? first of all, they all thought that it was like... Um, you know, oh, mime, 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 mime yeah. artists, people who do physical performances without speaking, mime artists. But it's nothing to do with that. Pantomimes are basically like these sort of ridiculous comedy theatre pieces. Yeah, it's, it's a play, it's a show, but they're very big, you know, they're these very over the top but there's lots of traditions with them so mm. there's always a dame so a man dressed up as a lady yeah. that goes without saying yeah, yeah. and then lots of sort of you know there's lots of interaction with the audience and especially the call and repeat you know she's behind you oh no she isn't oh yes she is yeah. you know so there's lots of opportunity for the audience to get involved in a pantomime and they tend to be a big story like cinderella you know, that kind of thing is a popular... Ba- based on cr- uh, children's fairy tales, like yeah. Cinderella, Jack and the Beanstalk, yeah. um, things like that. And so they're based on these old sort of children's stories. And yeah, they're like family entertainment that happen in the theatre. And often there are like these sort of low-level celebrities that take part. Yep. And yeah, there's lots of audience interaction. For example, you know, when the bad, the evil character takes the stage, everyone goes, boo! Boo, boo and hiss. Yeah. And, um, yeah, there are these things where people say, he's behind you. I don't know what, where that one comes from. Well, I don't know. But, I mean, I mean, we do that in our play. But um, So there's lots of these traditions and then people have done it when they were kids and then they take their kids. But mm. although it's sort of a bit over the top, they're, they're quite smart. They'll often have these lovely sets and, you know, sort of a bit of a celebrity, loads of great costume. And they'll be quite fun. And they'll be in a big theatre, mm. um, the sort of, you know, the big ones, big theatre. And they've got quite a big budget. You know, they right. won't be the cheapest 
thing to go to but then they will have splashed out on yeah. it's quite a show you know I guess there's different levels because you've got the, the, the ones that happen in the big established theatres in London for example well, all around all over the country any yeah. town which has got a big theatre they'll have their panto and there's usually some sort of star of the panto for example, mm. some TV celebrity or something. But also you get local town halls doing their own local pantomime. Yes. Um, and schools as well will put on pantomimes often. Yeah. And at the British Council, this Saturday, there was a pantomime and it was done by the senior teachers and the managers in the school. Amazing. And it was it was absolutely brilliant. It was I had no idea what was going on. I did not understand any of it. Yeah. Um, because everyone was sort of bit drunk and the the story didn't make any sense and there were lots of in jokes about like you know teaching. Uh, teaching and being senior teachers and like so the half half of it was completely um, nonsense. nonsense but it was just really funny to see some of the managers and some of the senior teachers like the male ones dressed as women and yeah. you know some of the stupid stuff that was going on so yeah it's very common uh, the school I used to work in in London did that as well and have you ever been to a panto yeah, yeah, yeah. Been to pantos no, before. Yeah. You've never been to one, really. No, I mean, I think I've seen them on television, but I don't think I've been. It's good fun. Yeah, it looks. I mean, yeah. I just like I said, I've not got any of the real traditions. I'm right. starting them myself. Okay. Well, panto is a good one. Mm. I think. But it's then a- here they don't have them. No. France. Where's no, the panto? Don't. No, it's all serious. Kind of. Too isn't serious. It? I don't know. I don't know what they do. Because a lot of our culture is about ridiculous nonsense fun, isn't it? Mm. I mean, there's obviously serious stuff to, in there too, but like a lot of the Christmas traditions, like the Christmas songs, the videos of the Christmas songs, yeah. the the pantomimes, it's always sort of self-deprecating stupid humour. Um, all right, so where are we now on Christmas Day? So we've opened the presents. I think most people open the presents. You know, they have breakfast, they start drinking, they open the presents, they faff around for a little while. Yeah. Then there's lunch. Right. Massive so lunch. You pull your crackers. We pull the crackers. We tell the cracker jokes. We put the, on the hats. put the hats on and we look at the stupid little gifts that we get. And the yep. gifts are usually things like, you know, a like screwdriver. a screwdriver, a padlock, um, a fish that sort of tells the future. Yes. Nonsense. <laughs> Absolute nonsense. You eat the meal, which is traditionally in England, turkey. Yes. With uh, stuffing, um, mm-hmm. Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Contested table choice. But I mean, that's always there, you know, Brussels sprouts. Um, I think those are the staples, aren't they? Roasted vegetables. Roasted you know, vegetables. Definitely se- roast potatoes. Seasonal roasted vegetables. So a lot of, a lot of um, like root vegetables, like carrots yeah. and parsnips, potatoes, yeah. Brussels sprouts, which are like these little green cabbage things that no one seems to like, but we always have them anyway. I like them. I like them. Chestnuts. Yeah. Chestnuts. Yeah, we don't do chestnuts in, our, in my house, but um, yeah. a lot of people do. So things like that. Gravy. Gravy. Tons of gravy. Pies. Mince pies. Um, mince sauce. No, not mince Christmas, sauce. Christmas pudding. Christmas pudding, which is like this round uh, thing. It's a bit like the stuff that you get in mince pies, basically. And it's full mm. of brandy. And um, t- when it's served at the table for, for pudding... Um, it's covered in brandy in the kitchen and then it's set on fire 
Yeah. And it has to be presented with the lights switched off and the whole Christmas pudding burning on fire. And it's it's supposed <laughs> to be a really magical moment. It never, ever works. No. Because you light it in the kitchen and it's burning and it's like this pathetic little blue flame on the top of it. And by the time you get it into the dining room or the living room or wherever it, you're serving your food, it's gone out. Yes. And it's just like a little wisp of smoke coming off the top. Um, so there's a real art to getting your Christmas pudding on fire and presenting it burning to in, in front of the room. Mm. It's about heating up the, the brandy on the spoon. Is that right? Yeah, you've got to fill a large spoon with brandy and then hold a lighter underneath the spoon for ages Yeah. so that the brandy's almost boiling hot and then you pour it all over the, the, the thing and then you light it. I know, you're thinking that sounds like a health and safety No, uh, that's not what issue. I was thinking. I used to make quite a lot of B-52s in this bar that I work oh, in. Oh, yeah. And that's a flaming um, beverage. It's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> is that a flaming Sambuca? What <laughs> no, is it? No, it's a B-52. It is um, Kahlua, Baileys and Cointreau. Okay. And you put it in gently so it goes in layers. And then you set the top on fire. Mm. And same, there was a real trick to getting it uh, light. So you'd light it on the spoon and then drop it in yeah. but it was it's amazing how quick it burns up right. the alcohol I think there's more than just the spoon trick although that is a good one I think you need quite a lot of brandy but not so much that you're sort of soaking your cake because it almost needs to be a bit resistant otherwise all the brandy is going to soak into the mm. cake mm. I must admit I don't know the you need, trick you need a good dish that um, will allow the brandy to pool around the, the pudding that's it and don't put the brandy on too soon because it will just uh, be absorbed by the pudding exactly so you've got to like slosh the brandy Brandy over, heat up the thing, bang, lit, in. I also think whoever's sloshing the brandy, some people might be a bit sort of mean. I think you need to be pretty generous. And oh, yeah. It feels like a waste of brandy, so people are not generous enough. Put loads of brandy all over the damn pudding. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's basically just a medium for brandy. Yes. This thing, you know, it's like, oh, it doesn't have that much merit on its own other than no. just a, a chance, a, a, a way to deliver brandy to people, essentially. <laughs> yes. Might as well just have a big bowl of brandy in the yes. middle of the table. Flaming brandy. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, so that's that. So there's the meal. Um, and then after the meal, most people do go for a walk. Yeah, you walk off the food a little bit. We don't actually, on Christmas Day, we usually do our walk on Boxing Day. Mm. Um, Christmas Day is usually when you everyone just collapses. But we no, we play. We go into the living room and we play games. That is a tradition. Board games. Board games or other stupid games. Pictionary card games, charades, yeah. all of those. Um, can you see that little trophy in the on the middle shelf? Yeah. This crappy little uh, golden trophy. I can see that. That is the um, Christmas games trophy. You won it. I won it last year, so I'm the trophy holder. So, oh, well, only one person can win the trophy. Only one person can win the trophy. <sighs> so, this is the thing, a thing that my dad has started doing, and it's the, uh, it's like the the kind of Christmas games basically in my family. And he every year creates all these different events, mm. and um, you score points in each event. So, actually, this is a new, this is a fairly new thing that I haven't mentioned yet, and wow. that's that. As, actually, as soon as you arrive now at the house, the events are on. And Does like it get the, competitive? Yeah. Yeah. Especially, Brilliant. especially with my wife who is deeply competitive. Is she? Oh God, yeah. Brilliant. And um, so there's a, a lot of heated uh, com- 
competitiveness going on. What's weird is like I love board games and playing games. Like I really, really love them. But mm. it's very hard to find anyone that wants to play. They think it's ridiculous. Apart from at Christmas, people play games. Why don't they play them all year round? I know. No, she's a massive enthusiast of, of competitive games to the point at which <laughs> she kind of, uh, you know... She, if she doesn't lose, then if she doesn't win, then it's, you know. She gets sulky. No, she doesn't get sulky. She starts to contest the rules. She's, oh. She, you know, she, but this year I won the, uh, last year I won the, the thing. So I'm the trophy holder, but I have to bring it with me this time. Don't forget. Yeah. And I the, like that. That's a, that's a fun tradition. It's a good one, actually. And if you organise the events in advance, then it, it makes it more of a, an occasion. Yeah. And the, the events are like, uh, often it's find the stuff. Like mm. my dad has hidden around the whole house. Get out. Yeah. No, in advance, he's hidden in various locations all around the, the house. I want to be in your family. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good fun. <laughs> I want to spend Christmas with you. They, uh, <laughs> it's 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 uh, sugar mice or or little chocolate thingies. Like, um, <gasps> so there are little chocolate treats or or sugary treats Did hidden. You, you couldn't do that in Paris. Why not? Too small. I mean, like, the place, do you yeah. have a big house? I mean, do you? I mean, not big, but I mean, like a no, there's, house. No, there's a living room. My dad's got an office, kitchen. I suppose it's not massive. It's just Paris. Everything's so small. Yeah. If I hid things, you'd find them pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, but they're quite, you know, my dad's quite inventive and finds some interesting hiding Is places. Is there like a treasure hunt or do you just it's hunt a tre- them? It's a treasure hunt. So <gasps> he there's says, clues. he says there are this many bits of chocolate. Yeah. And um, it's, I can't remember, it's something like the first person to get to three mm. is the winner. Mm. And so, you know, and then he's like, on your marks, get set, go. And we run around the house trying to find them. Not with clues, just, no clues, just looking no. for them. It's just hide and seek with chocolate. It's just hide and seek with chocolate. So there are no clues, although that's a very good idea. And he did do that once for my birthday. I had a party and he did this treasure hunt thing in the house. Yeah, pretty good. Your pretty dad's good. amazing. Pretty good, yeah. Um, and he buys loads of presents for your mum. I know, yeah. But, you know, it's Christmas is when he comes into his element. The rest of the year, he's a workaholic, you know. Not but anymore. Not so much anymore. Is that why he's got all these new traditions? He's filling a void. I guess so, yeah. It's fine by me. <laughs> You're going to go this year. It's gonna. It's out of control. Yeah, well, I hope so. So there's the, fi- the find the bits and pieces, and that's fun. Then there's like a memory game where, where he brings a tray into the living room and the tray has got like 25 different things on it. Objects from the kitchen, from the, you know, from wherever, like, you know, there's a notepad and a rubber and a white, a bottle opener and a cork and just all these different things on the tray. And so, and it's covered with a, with a, uh, a dishcloth or something. Mm -hmm. And then you, everyone has a piece of paper. Um, but so what happens is that he reveals the tray for about a minute or two minutes yeah. And you, everyone scans the tray cra- like crazy, trying to remember everything that's mm-hmm. on it. And then the tray gets covered up. And then you get another minute to try and write down all the things you can remember. And the one who gets the most gets the most points. Do you, are you working in a team? No, you work individually on that mm. one. That's, that's individual. And what do you win? Well, you win points. Again, you win points it, to, get, to get the trophy at it, the end. Exactly. It's like the Olympic Games. You're winning points and, a, and there's a league table that changes throughout the 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 day this or the two days amazing okay what next then next there's this um it's i don't what's he calling it i can't remember what, it's basically a potato based sort of fighting game so everyone is given a spoon 
uh, a tablespoon, you know, that you use to eat soup, pretty mm-hmm. small spoon, and then a, a potato, quite a large potato. Okay. And you have to hold the, you have to balance the potato on the spoon with one hand. And then in your other hand, you've got a rolled up newspaper. Okay. okay? And then you have to fight against a competitor. <gasps> and the aim is to make them drop the potato. Drop their potato? Yeah. What does he call it? Drop the potato? I can't remember. Like, f- potato, I don't know. Drop, I don't, I can't remember what it's called. Like, defend the potato or something oh like that. Oh my gosh. Um, is there a, I mean, there must be techniques. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, I didn't uh, win. You didn't win that for win nothing. That. I didn't win it by mistake, let me tell you. So the, the potato thing is about, on one hand, on, in, in one is sense. Is this after dinner? It's sort of... A, uh, it can at happen any moment any in the time, day. Any time in the day. Spring a game on you. Different events happen at different moments. Love so it's, it. you know, when the time is right, you know, the different events happen. Um, and so the thing with the potato is that you've got to defend the potato. So it's, it's difficult to hold the potato away from your competitor and keep the potato on the spoon. So you've got to make sure that you're able to hold the, the, the spoon straight. Yeah. So it's got to be quite close to your body while at the same time taking an offensive strategy with, with, the, the, newspaper. with the newspaper. Mm. So you know, it's like fencing or, or yeah. kung fu or potato something. Potato fencing. Yeah, potato fencing. Yeah. Excellent. That yeah. sounds like a brilliant game. Did he make this up himself? Yeah. Or it's Where does it come from? Stuff from his family and stuff like that. Yeah. I think these traditions should not be lost. Do you know what your dad could do? He could write a book about how to celebrate Christmas. He could. How to how to ace Christmas. This sounds brilliant. I want to do all of these things. Well, you should. You should take on these games. That's a reason to have more children. Yeah. To have better games. I think so. Yeah. I was I was only going to have one, but now you need another one. Yeah. Just to be able to play the potato game. Because otherwise, it's you know, there's no competition. Right. Yeah. It should be Hugo. That's not it's too, it's it's too, too easy. It's too easy, isn't it? You, you can just, barely hold a potato. Yeah, just yeah, that's right. I'd always win. Just give him a really big potato. He's not strong <laughs> enough to, to keep it <laughs> on got, the spoon. Motor skills are rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. That sounds like a brilliant game. Yeah. And then there's the name game, which is my thing. I'm I'm oh, responsible. You bring in some games. I'm okay. Res- yeah. My dad delegates the name game to me. What game's that? And the name, it's really easy. I'm sure you've, you've played a similar version before, but the, the name game is an absolute classic. It's brilliant. So there's either the three-round version or the oh, four-round version. I, I already know. It's yeah. the, we call it the petit papier, the little right. papers. Uh, maybe. You put like famous people or names of people into a pot in yes. the middle. Yeah. And then uh, you have three rounds, yeah. potentially. So everyone writes down like five names, or if you love the game as much as I do, 20. Yes. Um, you know, 20 names, you put them all in the pot. And it's amazing how many uh, re- repeats you get. Yeah. They need to be people that everyone's heard of. And this can be really difficult for your girlfriend as a French person. Yeah. Because whenever I play with Nico, he's always like, who's Damien Hurst? Or like, right. who's Florence Nightingale? Who's, so yeah. Right. People we all know. Um, but anyway, so it's the idea is people everyone knows. So normally famous people or, mm-hmm. you know, people to the family might know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As in the first round, you have, is it a minute? You need to tell your partner, because you work with a partner. You take a paper and you have to tell them. You've got a minute to tell them as many names as you can. Mm-hmm. And you get points for each name. But you, the, the way that you uh, get points is by explaining who the person is without saying the name. Yeah, you can't say the name. So, for example, I could say, so this is uh, an actor, he's uh, British, and uh, he's got a really weird name. Idris Elba. Not, no, and he's he's in uh, Sherlock, he's the Sherlock uh, oh, okay. 
Oh, and Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes. And then the next one. Why didn't you just say Sherlock to start with? Well, good point. Good point. Come on. Good point. And uh, so that's round one. Exactly. You, so as many as you can in one minute. And the better you are at sort of... The, well, the, the thing is, it's a strategy game. Because you need to create a rapport with your partner mm-hmm. so that you'll be able to understand these again and again, especially if there are funny names in there. Yeah. Um, so you need to get a hook yes. for the next round. So round two... Yeah. Then, round is, two, one word. You yeah, it's the same thing, but instead of describing the person, you have one single word to uh, help your partner guess the person. Exactly. So it's if Cumberbatch came out and I had that, all I'd say is Sherlock. Exactly. Yeah. And you take Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch. Exactly. And it's the same names again. So basically, round one finishes when all the names have been done. So you need to listen carefully, especially to people you don't know who they are. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Because that can really mess you up and it's really funny because there's the people's choice of the one word yes to to elicit the the person's name is often quite funny yeah and so i don't know like uh if it's if it's francois Hollande, the french president yeah you know the word for my wife would be like tie because she she hates the fact that francois Hollande can't wear a tie straight his tie is always wonky Okay. And it's like the thing that really bugs her about the president. But only you'd know that because if she was my partner and mm-hmm. she said Thai, I wouldn't get it. So yeah. there's this, you've got to, and that's it. You know, sometimes you have to break up complicit teams. Yeah. So you don't do it with your girlfriend or boyfriend or your brother or sister. Yeah. Yeah, Because you know each other too well. Yeah. You communicate on a sort of different way. Right. So that's the second round, which is really fun and can be really challenging, especially if all you know about them is that they're a writer or an actor, because they're all writers and actors. Yeah. And then the third round is mime. That's right. So we mentioned the word mime before. Um, Mime is when you basically can't use any words. You can't speak. You can just do sort of mimes or actions. Um, so for for Benedict Cumberbatch, what you, would be your mime? How would, can I'd you describe? Smoke a pipe. You'd smoke a pipe, yeah, because Sherlock Holmes smokes a pipe, and or play a violin afterwards, or use a it. use a magnifying glass to look for evidence. Exactly. So you can use with the mime round. You can do as many actions as you can as possible. Yeah. But again, you're trying to get as many names. So once you found that hook, yeah. if you can find it in round one, you're sorted for the rest of the round. So for Francois Hollande, <laughs> the mime would be just a wonky tie, a guy exactly. speaking with a bad tie. And it's really funny seeing what happens. But that's why trying to make it as sort of like distinctive as possible. Mm. I mean, because if if you had like, instead of Benedict Cumberbatch, Idris Elba, it's yeah. hard because he's been in sort of lots of things and he's just like a great actor. You know, you'd need, you would want to establish, you wouldn't want to just say, oh, you know, a great actor and he was in The Wire and all of this. You'd want to find something really clever. The thing about Je- uh, uh, Idris Elba is that the big story about him is that he, gonna there, be was, Bond. there was a rumour that he was going to be James Bond and because he's black, that was somehow a controversial decision or a controversial idea. Yeah. And so I guess the thing with Idris Elba is you'd say, um, he's a British actor, he's brilliant, he's like really handsome, and he he, he, he was going to be James Bond, but he's black. And yeah. you'd be like, Idris Elba, yes, exactly. Exactly. And then the one word one would be what? Bond. Bond, maybe. <laughs> Bond with a questioning Bond. internet. Bond. 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 Like that. 
Um, and then I guess the the uh, the way that that would be mimed... You'd have to mime Bond. You'd have to do James Bond. But how would you mime then, a black James Bond? But then it, you could just do Bond. But this is the problem. If someone else had put in another Bond... I mean, someone might have put in James Bond. Yeah, Sean Connery or something, yeah. Or just James Bond. Because right. Bond himself, like Sherlock Holmes... Like someone could put in Sherlock Holmes. Right. So if Cumberbatch was in there and Sherlock Holmes, that's when you run into troubles. And that's right. when you've got to be clever yeah. with your with your hooks. Right, I see. see yeah. a, we've and you we've know, talked quite a long time about this game. We, we both obviously enjoy it a lot. Absolutely fantastic game, that's why. And, and my listeners should try playing it. It's, Such it's a good absolutely game, yeah. brilliant. Um, the, the fourth round, optional... Right, I don't do this fourth round, tell me more. Optional fourth round is this statue. Ooh. That's where, it's like the mime, but mm. you are not allowed to move. You're allowed to adopt one... Pose. Physical pose, which is the representation of, of the name. Yes, that is, I like that. I, I think I have done that, but we just did it in the third round. Okay. I once lost a friend over this game, though. Did you really? What, yeah. you fell out with your friend? I, no, it's, it's more subtle than that. I'm going to have to... You killed one of your friends? We were playing this game and I was partnered with my friend's partner, who I kind of... You we're kind of friends, but not mega close. But I think I drank a little bit too much, and I wasn't impressed with his skills. <laughs> and because I, I love this game, and I I insulted him with for what I think is perhaps the worst insult I've ever said to anyone. Can you share it, or is it too yeah, rude? No, I just said you're so. What did I say? I think I said you're so mediocre. Oh, and I was damning, pre- damning criticism. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a horrible thing to say to someone. What is mediocre, though? You're going to have to explain that Medium, one. Medium. Not not good or bad. Just nothing. Just like really average, average. In, in quality. I was really uh, so ashamed. And what a mean it, thing to say. He anyway, was hurt? I, I don't know. I can't even be sure I definitely said it loudly mm. enough to be heard. I don't know. But we. I've never been able to really... I've, now, whenever I see him, I feel like I'm so nice to him. Yeah. Like I'm just mega nice. You haven't managed to rekindle. I the meant f- that he was mediocre at this game, right? But I think there was a little part of me which meant it in a bigger sense. Really, you, 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 yeah. The truth came out. You're like you're mediocre, and I don't just mean at miming Sherlock Holmes. I mean generally as a human being. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh God, I'm sorry. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Probably a bit more slurry. Really? Anyway, that is a good game. Yeah. It is. It's a fantastic game. Okay, so where are we? We're playing well, games. We're playing games. I'm going to have to. I've got to go and pick up a, a baby. So oh, yes. The time. It, yes, yes, yes. It's, it's probably getting late. It's uh, 10 to 5. 10 minutes. You've got 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah. So you reckon we can wrap up Christmas in 10 minutes? Well, it depends how many more games your family play. <sighs> I think that's it. I'm sure there's probably something else, uh, but I think that's it. Oh, my granddad, um, who's no longer with us. I was going to say, wow. No, he's, no, he died a couple of years ago. Anyway, my granddad always had this hilarious thing which probably you won't find funny. I don't think anyone else in the universe will, but it's one of those family things. So uh, whenever we were suggesting games, my granddad would say, let's play, I can't remember the name of the game. It's like, let's play this game. And he'd be like, what's that one, granddad? And he would say, right, so everyone, um, (laughs) (laughs) what is it? Um, Everyone closes their eyes and someone leaves the room and we all have to guess who it is. Well, no, it's, no, 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 not even everyone closes their eyes. It's just like someone has to leave the room and we all have to guess who it is. It's like the most stupid game that doesn't, it's not even fun. There's not even any rules involved. If one person leaves the room, we all have to guess who it is. Yeah, but there's only like five of you there. I know, exactly. That's, that's the, 
anyway, <laughs> it's a kind of private Granddad's private joke. Hilarious. Yeah. 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 So I guess Christmas Day, the twenty fifth, after all the games have been played and, and all the and all the presents and food and, and stuff have been done generally fall asleep in front of a film don't you definitely pop on a christmas movie yeah more drinks yeah um sleeping in front of a film and then um yeah supper a little sort of late supper and then quite early to bed because you're probably pretty tired indigestion possibly possibly yeah that's right and there's usually for me i my my sort of memory of that time late on a christmas day is yeah people slumped in front of the tv watching Eating chocolate. Too much chocolate. Yes. Uh, Ferrero Rocher. Um, Celebrations. Yeah, that's right. Different kinds of chocolate and alcohol. Toy Story 3 or something on the TV. Why not? And the dishwasher going in the yeah. kitchen. Yeah, you know? sounds right. Um, and then sort of early to bed um, before you kind of pass out on the sofa. Then the next day, Boxing Day, you do it all again. Yeah. Pretty much, except that the... Uh, There's not such a big meal. Yeah. It's more like a sort of brunch. Leftovers, full English, mm-hmm. a sort of mix of all that. Mm-hmm. Drinking a walk for your family. Yes, we go for a big walk on Boxing Day usually. And maybe games, but it depends. Like Lots of people are going home, back to wherever. Yeah. They might have to sort of buy about three or four, the day is sort of over. Mm. And then you're left just with an empty... Horrible, empty feeling. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And then you face the bleak uh, uh, few days. The bet- no man's land between that and New Year's. That's right. New Year's is the worst. I can't stand oh, New Year's. I hate New Year's Eve. Everyone hates New Year's Eve. It is the worst, absolute worst time of year. Yeah, because it's the weather's rubbish and everyone's like really jaded by by the debauchery of Christmas. Yeah. And you don't you don't you really don't want to have to drink any more booze at that point. You know, you just Peaks want too early. Yeah. And you know, New Year's Eve, what we do these days is we just stay in, we're really boring. Oh, we yeah. stay in and we just sort of drink tea and watch a bit of telly and Sometimes even go to bed before. I have before. done that. I have yeah. done that. Yeah, New Year's is... Ten- there is something really nice about waking up on New Year's Day and not feeling shit. Yeah. That's nice. I've had enough experiences of waking up on New Year's Day at 2pm, feeling yeah. awful. Awful. You know, I've, it's when you're younger, because we're getting on a bit now. Very old, yeah. When, when you're younger, um, New Year's Eve is a massive party night. And it's, a, it's almost an intimidating sort of night for me because New Year's Eve would mean going out into town going into Birmingham Mm -hmm. and we lived you know out far away it's like always a mission to get to town and forget about getting home and getting home is a nightmare you just can't no taxis not for love nor money the buses and trains are all stopped by that point and you're in a weird state you're either you're drunk it's much more aggressive like whereas Christmas there's lots of that Christmas carolly and it's fun and people are singing the pub and they're definitely drinking too much New Year's is darker. Yeah, it is. Everyone's isn't it? feeling a bit darker. It's a bit more aggressive. It's not nice. Yeah. You're not friendly in I've, the same way. I have had some weird New Year's Eves. Yeah. Like, I remember once on New Year's Eve coming out of some nightclub and it was all sort of snowy and icy and sort of like negotiating my way through Birmingham with mm. a drunk friend. And he was like really leery and I was trying to keep him on his feet mm. and he kept sort of almost falling into the road and I was like holding him up and then all of these kind of these bits of uh, sort of what's the word for it these kind of scenes of other people spilling out of other nightclubs and these kind of all this drunk d- destruction in the city yeah. centre 
You know, it's that's English New Year's Eve. Especially combined with the, that feeling of, you know, a year slipped by. What have we done? Yeah. You know, making these promises you can't keep. And I, I heard this one woman saying how she makes her New Year's resolution for September. You know, like the school New Year. Right. Because you've got a lot more energy and it feels a lot more possible in September. Because mm. it's true, January, you do have that, what's your New Year's resolution? And you... I don't know. And it feels like impossible yeah. to eat healthily or not drink or do anything at all mm. in January. It just seems beyond. And so you, you fail before you start. Right. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. dry January, that's depressing. It should be completely sodden January. I would never, <laughs> ever What do you mean do dry that. January? You, you know, dry January, it's um, mm-hmm. where you don't drink for a month. Right. That's what lots of people do dry January, you right, know, to okay. sort of compensate. Right, to, to, to detox from the, the... Yeah, from the excess of, of Christmas. D- of Christmas, the end of December. Yeah, dry January and the, the bleakness of January. Yes. You know, those... those Because that's the, often the darkest, coldest time of the year in the UK. Yeah. You know, and, and the, the days are very short and the nights are long and it's cold. Well, it's been like that for a while, but you've had this sort of build-up. Yeah, you're starting... Christmas, it's exciting. And then once Christmas is gone, all the lights come down and there's nothing to look forward to till summer. And that's very, very, very far away and may not happen yeah, yeah, in exactly. England. <laughs> so, you know... Yeah, you wake up on New Year's Day facing a kind of th- at least three months of cold, grey, dark kind of uh, weather and stuff. Yeah. And, and yeah, as you said, uh, summer is there in the middle of the year but often it just doesn't happen because it rains all the way through the the summer sometimes well exactly what january february march is still dark and horrible and it's been like dark i mean in the uk especially like it's dark when you wake up and it's dark by 3 30 really in in january so you just feel like you're living in the dark (laughs) it's horrible there is the seasonal affective uh, seasonal affective disorder which is like this genuine um uh, what's a disorder it's this yeah. genuine thing that people experience when they don't get enough natural sunlight and that kind of starts to kick in around january definitely and apparently there are days i think some some days in like mid january that are the worst days for people calling in sick yeah. i'm not sure which which one it is but it's something like the third monday of january is is like the worst day for the economy because <laughs> so many people call in sick they just can't face it they can't face they just can't face getting up and going to work on that day but we need to find a sort of better like some sort of celebration something to mm. look forward to cuz there's you see there's the, the next celebration after new year's day is valentine's day which is also a weird one because it's kind of like this enforced romance you know. But that's not great because if you're single, that's worse. It's and miserable if you are if you're with single. someone, I don't know. Yeah, but Valentine's Day, it doesn't have that same, no. you know, community feeling. That it doesn't have that. No, no. It's instead there's just lots of social pressure that if you're with someone, then you have to go out of your way to make it a sort of a forced special romantic evening. Uh, and if you're not with someone, then you feel all lonely because you imagine exactly. that everyone else is together. The next thing is Easter. Only for some people. Yeah, only for some people. That's right. But, I mean, an Easter's... Oh, it's mixed, the thing about Christmas is it's so nice because of all the lights. You know, in Denmark and Sweden, and it gets really dark there too. Yeah. They put up lots of lights, you know, when it's dark all year. And that's really important, like having these artificial lights. And one of the things that's nice about Christmas are the lights. You know, the streets are all decorated. So I think we need to be cleverer because it's really north Britain. Yeah. It does get really dark. So we need more lights. But then the other thing is the, the family thing. You know, just make more effort to do nice things with our family. Yeah. Have you seen that really sad 
advert. No. Oh, it's so sad. Um, it's like this old man and he sort of, he invites all his family for Christmas and they can't come and he sort of has a lonely Christmas. You know, it's just him with his little hat and a turkey or whatever. Mm. And then the next scene, it's all sort of done quite quietly. There's not much speaking. They all get this like little letter, you know, his grown up children. And um, they realise that, you know, he's he's dead. And so they all come dressed in black and then they go and they meet up at his house. And he's not dead. He's just, oh, yeah. he's invited them for Christmas. But he says, you know, they never come. And right. so, you know... He yeah. sort of pretended to be dead so that they'd all be there and like celebrate Christmas. The only way he could get his family together was to fake his own death. Yes, but yeah. I mean, the thing is, although that's a bit extreme, there is that sense of like we make this real effort to get together and have these like games and fun and, you know, we should do it, we should do it more often. We didn't mention the, f- the family. God, are there more games? The f- no, no, the disagreements because sometimes yes, it goes true. all horribly, horribly wrong at Christmas. That is very, very true. People argue and they fall out with each other and sometimes it's absolutely awful. There's We've big arguments. We've glossed over. We've glossed over. We've made it seem just fabulous because your dad is the best yeah, at no, Christmas. It's, it's not always fabulous. Well, this is the thing. I've spent Christmas with loads of different families and something that I did notice is people do argue a lot and I, I remember thinking once, why am I here? I don't need to be here. This is not my family. Why am I dealing with all this like... Tension. Tension. Yeah. Now there's a lot of family tension because it's when the family sort of, you, you know, as people say, you don't choose your family. You yeah. know, you just have these members of your family that you're forced to just spend time with. And sometimes people hate each other and there's just like this tension that boils over into actual arguments and and kids become like you are not a child anymore but you surely regress you know i see adults people in their 30s and 40s going back home and behaving like like children right. with their parents yeah and it's incredible to watch you know your friends just disintegrate and behave so pettishly and so you mean like the kid that these grown people are going mom can i you know mom james is picking on me or whatever more or less you yeah. mean this kind of petulance like oh you know kind of yeah. oh i didn't ask to be born teenage kind of like sulking and like really overreacting yeah. and oh yeah, you yeah. always do that so yeah. yeah 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 and mom can i have another beer <laughs> <laughs> hugo's always doing that right yeah well <laughs> soon enough uh, well yeah. No, but overall Christmas is amazing. Yes, it is a good time. It's the most wonderful time of the year. (laughs) Yeah. What's your favourite Christmas song? Favourite Christmas song? Yep. Have you got one? No, I don't really. really. I don't think so. I kind of like, I like the general Christmassy feeling. Just the sort of, the sound of sleigh bells and... uh, carol singers in the distance what's yours you tell me one maybe i don't know I, i've got a few but um my my brother's one is is the wham uh last christmas okay it's actually his favorite one actually All year round. i've got no not no <laughs> well just at christmas i think my, actually i think my favorite one is the paul mccartney um you know the one i'm, I'm not surprised that it's Sim- paul mccartney simply having a wonderful christmas time yeah. just because it's so weird it's like this weird synth reggae kind of thing <laughs> And it, just imagine Paul McCartney in a Christmas sweater. How does it go? Oh, Christmas sweater? Yeah, 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 yeah. mention those. Um, yeah, those Christmas sweaters with the awful designs on them. The ironic uh, Christmas sweater. Paul McCartney Christmas. It's like, he's, imagine that Paul, at some point in the 1980s, has 
um, like got some s- bunch of synthesizers together. Yeah. He's probably had a few cups of tea or something. Yeah. And then he's come out with this extraordinary weird song. I'm going to try and play it on here on my computer. Yeah, simply having a yeah. It's actually a tune, I think. The mood is right. The spirit's on. We're here tonight. And that's enough. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. I actually really like the track. It's good. Yeah, but you I know, like I'm, I'm just a... a Beatles fan, so oh, a big Beatles fan. No, yeah. it's good. I think I just I like it all. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. I love it. All right then. Okay, well I think we've thoroughly dealt with Christmas. More or less, I think we thoroughly dealt with that game. Yeah, <laughs> the, the name game. <laughs> I think we dealt with that pretty well. I think there's still things in Christmas left untouched. I'm sure there are things that we've missed. Um, but uh, I would like to appeal to my listeners at this point and say, what do you guys do at Christmas? And do you indeed celebrate Christmas? Because some of them won't. Are there any like really weird things? Like things you don't realise they're weird until you go somewhere else and you're like, what? You don't do this? Yeah. Everyone does this. Like our version of Christmas must be really weird. Like all that drinking. I mean, it's so it's no, extreme. I think, really? I think everyone does quite a lot of drinking. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Well, I'd like to know what the rest of the world does at this time of year. The food. So, yeah, tell us all the weird little details. Now, they mm. might seem ordinary and normal to you, but, um, you know, we want to know those specific things, the specifics. That's what we want to know about. So let us know, as usual, in the comments section. We'd like to read up on what you guys are doing at Christmas, if you're doing anything. Um, so I guess you've got to go and pick up uh, the little man now. Yep. Okay. Great. Well, um, good. Good. Well, it's been very nice being on the podcast yeah, again. Thank you so much for, you know, being a guest as usual. Love it's always it. It's always a, a, a delight to, uh, have, uh, to have you on the podcast. I'll see you soon. Absolutely. Yes. Thursday afternoon. Thursday. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the pub. Brilliant. Brilliant. It's perfect. I didn't realise that we'd be in a pub. It's best. Well done. Absolutely. Just a result, that is. Okay, then. All right. So I'll see you on Thursday. See you Thursday. So there you go. That was Amber and me talking about our versions of Christmas. Uh, What do you think? What are the differences to the ways that you spend Christmas? Um, Share your thoughts in the comments section on the website. Um, Now, there are some other Christmas episodes of this podcast that you might want to enjoy at this time of year, just in case this one isn't enough for you. Um, First of all, there's um, an episode. Oh, I need to find the numbers of these episodes. Hold on. Okay, so if you look in the episode archive, and in fact, if you look on the page for this particular episode, you'll see all the links there. Uh, There was episode number 78. uh, That was called Christmas. It's all about family, which was a funny conversation with my brother about Christmas and lots and lots of other things too. Uh, So there was that one. Then after that, um, episode number 158 and episode 159, uh, which was a cup of Christmas tea with Paul Taylor. That was the first time that Paul was on the podcast. So if you missed Paul's voice in this episode, then you can go back and listen to A Cup of Christmas Tea with Paul Taylor. Um, And then there's episode 160 as well, which was called The A to Z of Christmas. 
And in that one, I was joined by my friend Raphael from Liverpool. And we basically talked about everything that you need to know about Christmas culture in the UK. Um, Then after that, there was episode number 245, which was called Merry Christmas and More. And that was just a sort of rambling episode with a video about Christmas and a few other things. Um, Then as well, uh, more recently, I did in episode number 320, I, um, I basically told the story of A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. Uh, which is a classic Christmas story, uh, and I told you the entire story in that episode. That's episode 320. Um, And I think that's pretty much it uh, in terms of uh, Christmas-themed episodes that you can enjoy. Um, So there you go. You should now have your fill of Christmas-related content. Um, Here are some other announcements and admin at the end of this episode. Um, So I think I will be uploading probably one more episode before the Christmas holiday properly arrives. So I might wish you a proper Merry Christmas then. But if I don't get the chance to do that, then Merry Christmas. I hope you manage to get all your shopping done, get your gifts wrapped and uh, all your food prepared and that you have a fantastic uh, holiday, whatever it is that you're doing out there. So Merry Christmas. Um, Now, here's a a notification about some... uh, well, some news about Luke's English podcast get-togethers. These are those uh, events that seem to be cropping up um, in which uh, listeners to this podcast get together and uh, sort of uh, just um, make some make friends and have conversations in English. Um, I recently announced one that happened in Moscow, and that was a, a bit of a success. And they are actually having another one. So there's going to be another Moscow Luke's English Podcast Conversation Club get-together. And that that is happening this Sunday, the 18th of December, uh, between 4pm and 6pm at the Wooden Door Anti-Cafe again. So they're doing it again on Sunday. And that's just in a couple of days after I'm publishing this episode. So Sunday, the 18th of December at 4 p.m. at the Wooden Door Anti-Cafe in Moscow. Uh, And you will find the Facebook uh, link and VK links as well on the page for this episode. So go um, go onto those pages and you'll see all the details. And they're planning some sort of special Christmas things. Uh, So check out those pages and you can get the, the, the details there. All right. Um, don't forget to add your name and email address to the mailing list, uh, which is uh, probably the, the easiest way that you can get access to the page for episodes uh, when they are uploaded. So check that out, mailing list. Um, thank you for your messages. Um, I get lots of messages from my listeners, and I just wanted to say that I appreciate your responses to my work and your messages of thanks. It's always nice to hear from you. Um, If you're feeling festive and generous and you're thinking of expressing your gratitude to me somehow, um, then one way you could do that is to make a special Christmas donation to Luke's English Podcast and you'll find um, little donate buttons on uh, the pages uh, for each episode on my website. And uh, so if you want to say thanks, then, you know, you could send a donation. Obviously, it's completely optional. You don't have to, but uh, it may be a nice way to sort of wish me a happy Christmas. Um, and your support for Luke's English Podcast uh, would be greatly appreciated. Um, Let's see. So, as I said, there will probably be another episode uh, of this podcast uh, arriving before Christmas actually happens. Uh, So I will speak to you again in that one. And probably when I'm with my family at Christmas, I'm going to try and record something with them. 
I don't know what that will be at this point, but uh, hopefully I'll find the time to sit down with some members of my family and talk to them about some stuff. I don't know what that will be, but um, that's what usually happens. So there will be more episodes coming uh, in your direction soon. But for now, for this one, it's just time for me to say again, Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.